Hey, welcome to the Orange Mailbox. I'm your host, Lamar Horn, along with my brother and co-host, Logan. Present and accounted for. <laughs> Before we introduce our guest today, we just want to say thank you to everyone that's listened to our first episode. We've gotten some great feedback and encouragement, and we are excited to have all of you following us on this journey. Yes, we are. So with that said, we'd like to introduce our guest today, Mr. Dennis Roach. Dennis, thank you for being on our show. Hey, thank you for asking me. I'm having a great time. Love the bumper music, man. It's very good. <laughs> Love it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, a lot of our listeners don't know. Probably do not. Do not know who Dennis Roach is. They probably know what Concerts in the Park is. Maybe. But before we talk about that, let's can we just get a little bit of, of history and sure. background on uh, where you're from? Have you lived in Gas City all your life? Where'd you go to high school? Actually was born in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, after I got out of high school, did graduate from Mississinawago Indians. Uh, graduated from Mississinawago, went to Purdue University for a little while. Ended up in Tennessee for a bit and probably about five or six years. Moved to Chicago and spent a year up there doing some teaching and, and uh, some pastoral work, believe it or not. Hmm. And, uh, and then moved back to Indiana and, and did some graduate work. I actually graduated from Ball State University with a master's degree. And I've been uh, living in the Gas City area, a little bit of time in Gas City, uh, out in the country a little bit now in Mill Township. Wow. So you went from pastoral work to selling insurance. <laughs> yep, I did. Indeed. They kind of go hand in hand. I well, mean, you know, Jesus is insurance for a your soul. <laughs> yeah. A degree of insurance goes a long way in a lot of different directions, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and are you a Bears fan? I am a Bears fan. Well, there goes the Jesus <laughs> yeah. out the window yeah. right there. Bears. Uh, Packers, That's all the time we have Colts, today, folks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, just kind of waffle back and forth. I was really hoping New Orleans was going to make a run for it this year, but yeah. uh, they're dead, dead they're in the water. Yeah. Bears are gone. Colts bad. were out before the season began. I think. As long as the Patriots are gone. Yeah, I... that's just like – and now I'm hearing that uh, he may come uh, to Indiana to do some uh, uh, last of his career work. I have heard that from two or three different people now. I have heard that too. But Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. No, that's just – we don't want. It's gross. We don't want him at the Colts. <laughs> we don't want him playing. No, we for do the Colts. not. Yes. Nope. So, you sell insurance for State Farm, right? I do, indeed. Yes. In, in Gas City, beautiful downtown Gas City. Beautiful Indiana. downtown. Seventy degrees when I left to come over here. Got over to Upland, and holy cow, stepped out of the car. It was like twenty-five <laughs> degrees out. <laughs> well, you did. You did switch time zones. So, well, that's true. <laughs> um, how long have you been selling insurance? Probably about 32 years I have uh, uh, been a licensed agent, and I'm very blessed to work in a great community. Um, I have some amazing team members I get to work with every day. and uh, I've my, met them, and they are amazing. Yeah, they're, they, well, they put up with me. Um, so <laughs> that gives them, a, they have a lot of grace. Uh, <laughs> my dad was a State Farm agent. Um, State Farm's a little weird. They don't uh, give you anything when you become an agent. You either build your agency or you're left in the dark. And so uh, I've been very fortunate to be able to do a good job over the last uh, 28 years, 29 years as an agent. Well, you said your dad sold yeah, insurance for State Farm. He did. Your dad was Lowell Roach. Yep. Is that something that you always wanted to do? <laughs> or is that something that just kind of fell in your lap? I mean, uh, you said you 
did pastoral work yeah. in Chicago. Oh, goodness. Done, done some really How did you things. get? Um, I, I went to graduate school, uh, met truly uh, my soulmate and my wife, Cindy. And uh, we had, I had an offer to go to work for AT&T and went down to where they wanted me to start. And uh, neither one of us were too excited about the place in Indiana and uh, had an opportunity. State Farm came to me and said they'd like to hire me to be an agent. And from that point forward, uh, Cindy and I, like, you know, we'd like to put roots down, like to have kids. And as a result, we uh, decided to go with State Farm instead of AT&T. <laughs> it was the best decision I ever made. AT&T got busted up. Yeah. I would have been traveling all over the place, and who knows where I'd be today. Oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. Now, when, have you noticed that uh, since you started, have you noticed that the uh, insurance industry, I guess you could call, have you noticed that there's been a significant change since you started? <laughs> that I'm is sure a, that a has, huge but. understatement, if anything. There's a couple of companies that have basically taken – the professional end of insurance and turned it into a commodity. And so wow. there's a, a belief out there among people that you can buy insurance like you buy groceries off the shelf. Um, unfortunately, when you do that, you pay a penalty for that when you have a loss uh, uh. because you don't know what you bought because you don't know what you're buying. Uh, we all know what we're getting when we buy a bottle of Pepsi. But if you don't know what's in the bottle, then you really don't know what you're going to buy. True. And that's what they've done. They've commoditized the insurance industry. Mm. And it's unfortunate because we have a lot of people that have spent a lot of time doing a very good job of being a professional. Uh -huh. And they've successfully made that into, uh, well, anybody could do it. You know, anybody can take care of whatever you need. Mm. And so, yeah, it's been a big adjustment and a big change. It's a, a, a lot more competitive. Oh, very competitive, extremely competitive. And, uh, uh, good and bad. I mean, com competition's great. There's nothing wrong with competition. Mm -hmm. We need competition. I like that. That's that's fine. Uh, but when you boil it down to all you're going to do is save money, when your house burns up, exactly, you get what you pay for on that end of the yep. stick. That's it, for sure. It almost gets to the point where it's impersonal. Yes, and you don't have that local agent. Yeah. That you can go to and call on the phone and you run into it at the grocery store. Yeah. It's just somewhere out there has my insurance. You don't even. You have no idea. It's very impersonal. Extremely. So. And so it's been a big change. Lots of big changes. Like progressive or something. You, you grow, you grow or, you, uh, or you die. That's kind of the way uh, I've, I've looked at things. You're either growing or you're going backwards. Hmm. So. <laughs> Good way to look at stuff yeah. too. Yeah, and it is. It, it's healthy. Ellen, it's worked well for you because you. Lived in Gas City for how many decades? Yeah, decades. <laughs> and you've been selling insurance for nearly 30 years. Yep. So people, everybody in Gas City knows who Dennis Roach is. I hope and so. They knew your dad. Yeah. They know you. Grant County pretty much knows who Dennis Roach is. So you've uh, definitely found your calling. I believe so. And yeah. I yeah. feel very comfortable. I, I get to do, I get to give back to the community that I, I love. And to me, that truly makes... Uh, what I do special because I'm able to give back to the community and not just in the ways that we're going to talk about today. You know, I have an opportunity to truly give back to the community in a lot of different ways. And, and that's very fulfilling for me. Yes. You do a lot for the community well, and surrounding you. communities. Yeah, we try. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting that back on this minister thing, mm -hmm. I know we're kind of jumping around here, but I think it's interesting that if people could realize that you can have a calling and not be a minister 
and that you can affect those around you without preaching by what you do, knowing that what you're doing now, you know that that's what you're supposed to do. And I think a lot of people get tangled up in that and that you were willing to walk away from the quote unquote ministry and you are in your life calling now. And it just happens to be insurance is insurance is your pulpit, right. uh, working with the community is your pulpit, not being a reverend or a minister. I think that is very intriguing. Well, uh, at church on Sunday, I, I was sitting during while the pastor was preaching and, and I, the Lord kind of was talking to me and I looked around the room and Cindy and I have been blessed to be able to, on that Sunday, there were 13 people at church uh, that probably wouldn't have been to church um, and wouldn't be experiencing God if we had not been the way we are in our faith. Wow. And to me, that's, that's incredibly gratifying, more so than anything else I do, mm. uh, to be able to to let people know where they can find truth yes, and where they can find peace in a world that just turned upside down. What is so cool about what you just said, and I haven't told anybody this, after church Sunday, Cindy and I, my wife, Cindy, <laughs> not Dennis's wife, Cindy, <laughs> <laughs> we were on our way to Logan's house, and she looked at me and said that it looked kind of sparse in there, and then it kind of filled in. And I agreed with her, and he, she said, you know what? There are two rows of seats that are full because of Dennis and Cindy Roach. Wow. And I, I think that's truly because It's kind of a God of wink God. here. You just brought that yeah. up. and then it, It's just a God thing. And um, I, I know that we're having baptism at our church this coming weekend, and, and uh, there's going to be possibly four people that are going to be getting baptized. Um, that are there because we we asked them to come and or people that we asked to come ask people to come and, and that's that is 10 times more important to me than anything else that we do mm-hmm. but i've been blessed to be brought up in a very god-fearing home all my life and uh, faith was very easy for me to come by mm-hmm. because of my mom and dad and their faith in in, in jesus Wow, you're definitely making things happen in Gas City. <laughs> yes, you are. For sure. That's you're exciting. definitely. I'm lucky to work with a lot of great people and to be involved in a great church and and uh, and get to know more folks and, and do more things in the community. You're defi- definitely contributing to our church's vision of 60CC. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. That's great. Um, now, with that said, uh-huh. how you affect the community <laughs> and give back to the community. What most of our listeners know you for is your affiliation with concerts in the park. Right. Which is just an awesome, awesome, <laughs> I can't say awesome enough how much that affects our our communities, not just Gas City. Right. We're talking Grant County right. in its entirety, even outside of Grant County. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So how did you get involved with concerts in the park, and um, how long have you been a part of it? Well... Long story, try to cram it into a short a short story. we got all kinds of time. Um, in 1992, I was approached by a, a newly elected city council member of Gas City and was asked to be a part of the Gas City Area Chamber of Commerce. I thought, yeah, let's get involved with that. And, and I ended up being the shepherd to a degree, uh, shepherding this organization into existence. And I served as president for four years. 
part of an initiative that I started when I was president was called the Corporate Arts Series. I was very, very committed to quality of life issues in a community that truly is shortchanged. I mean, our, and I say community, I'm talking about all of Grant County. At the time, Indiana Wesleyan was still Marion College. Mm-hmm. Taylor was pretty much just at Upland. They really didn't do much outside of Upland. And uh, overall, we had one or two art organizations that were doing things in the county. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was create an opportunity for the business community to support the arts. So we created this initiative called the Corporate Arts Series. At the end of my time, the Corporate Arts Series had some funding, and Mark Story, who became president after me, uh, picked up that particular uh, item and ran with it, and he started the Concerts in the Park event, and it's been 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, it would be 21 years this coming year, uh, he started the actual Tuesday night concert series, and it chugged along for probably about uh, 12 years, 13 years, and then his kids got old enough that he was tired of doing it. My kids aged into college, so I had some time, and I was on the board again, Mm -hmm. and he said, I'm done. I quit. I give it back, and I, they almost closed it down, and I said, just hang on a minute. Let me see what I can do with this, and the first year that I, I was involved, very local talent, uh, every concert probably had maybe three or 400 people. Uh, the the Missinawa Valley Band probably brought a crowd of around 500. And I stood backstage during the concert and kind of looked out over the landscape, and I thought, man, this is a great venue for something that could be really spectacular. And so Nancy Hoover and I went over to Kokomo and met with a fella And from that point forward, we booked our first national act with his direction, and things have just escalated significantly over the last eight years. Well, we went from the Missinewal Valley Band to 38 Special, Smash Mouth. (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, it it really is. And that story with the guy in Kokomo, uh, is a very interesting story in and of itself. What was his name? His name's Brett Daniels. Brett. Yep. And Brett has gone on to meet the Lord. Yep. If you've got the time, I'll tell you a little bit. The, the first time we met Brett, I mean, I was looking through websites, searching for, uh, for cities that had concerts in the park series. And lo and behold, Kokomo had one. And I mean, and Kokomo was bringing some big names in. Oh, yeah. I mean, they bring bigger names than we do because they did. They don't anymore. We, we've gone well past uh, what they have because of what happened to Brett. But uh, I, I called this guy, I just cold call, and introduced myself. And I said, you know, w- would you be interested? Would you allow me to buy lunch for you? I need to pick your brain. And he's like, sure, no problem. He said, let's meet over at some little place in Kokomo. And, and I brought Nancy Hoover with me. And we got there before he did. We sat down. We're looking around, not knowing what we're going to experience. And here comes this fella in. He's probably six foot four. And he's probably 450 pounds. At least. He, at least. At least. <laughs> and he, he rolled in and sat down and, you know, just, and it just, uh, just exploded on this poor chair. And, <laughs> and he, he, he's, it just looked like somebody from the mafia. Uh-huh. And he started talking. 
And this guy knew people in the music industry. I mean, he knew them. We had had lunch. We talked. He invited us to his house about a week later. We go over. We sit down in his home, meet his wife, Angela. While we're in his living room talking, he pulls his phone up and calls John Ford Coley from England, Dan, and John Ford Coley fame. Back in the 70s, you guys probably aren't old enough to remember them. They had a string of hits in the 70s that were really fantastic music. And he's on the phone with John Ford, and I was just blown away. I mean, I couldn't believe this guy just <laughs> had his phone number. Yeah. And we, we confirmed our first concert over the phone in, uh, in Brett's house. Hmm. And, uh, and it was, I mean, it was our first, our first national, uh, first na- national act that we had. I, I met Brett mm-hmm. and he's a super guy. Yeah, he, was he was a super guy <laughs> and I, his wife still attends. Yes. I still see her. In fact, I just had some, just had a text conversation. I think she just texted me while we're talking about a potential act for next year. So, okay. Well, <laughs> I was going to ask you since he was kind of the linchpin and mm-hmm. getting a lot of the entertainment that you've had there over yep. the years, how now that he's not in the picture anymore, how do you go about finding that quality entertainment? Well, believe it or not, our committee listens to acts throughout the year. And if somebody really strikes them as someone that would be really sp- spectacular, uh, we put them on a list. We have a list of about 50 people that we'd love to have at some point in time. When we get that list down to about 12 or 13, then we begin looking at different ways to contact their their management. And now, because of what we have become, we're getting phone calls from acts that would like to come and perform on our stage. Mm-hmm. And that, that never happened ever the first five years. First five years, nobody ever. When we tried to book 38 Special, the first thing they said to us was, we need to know if you can provide us with 12 rooms with king size beds in them. <laughs> and, and we'd never 12, you know, that's a lot of rooms for, for a band and, and we need them for two nights. So we called the hotels and they said, Oh yeah, we've got, we've got 15. And I thought 15, <laughs> that's it. If yeah. they just said 16, we wouldn't be able to help them. <laughs> so <laughs> we had 15 king size rooms <laughs> at the hotels. And so, you know, those kinds of things are, are just, what will you deal with when you begin to book these larger mm-hmm. bands? Who can we expect to hear from this year? Do you? I would love to tell you. <laughs> well, I'll slide you a 20. Yeah, yeah, it's you. probably going to take a whole lot more. Um, actually, we have an event uh, that's a reveal party. And our reveal party, I don't hold me to this date, but I'm pretty sure it's April the 21st uh, this year. Uh, and we will at that time reveal our entire season. And if we tell anybody, and we've, we've threatened our committee members, uh, some of you will probably get to hear who they are because you may serve on the committee. Uh, and I serve so, on your committee. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we're going to have a reveal party with just the three of us yeah. here <laughs> after this podcast. He's going to tell us who's coming. <laughs> I wish I knew. We don't have anybody for sure yet. Yeah, that, that much I can tell you. I moved out of the county in 92, ah. so... When I came back 20 years later, this is all new to me. I'd heard of it, and I, you know, my brother would tell me these people he'd go to the airport and pick up and these neat stories and stuff. Just for my benefit, if anything, 
what uh, and how many people does it take to make up these committees for concerts in the park? I'm sure it ain't just you. Oh, no, no, Just no. What, what is involved with the committee to get this stuff done and make it happen? Yeah. We, uh, we started with a committee of three. Uh, very quickly, at the end of the first year, we expanded our committee to about 12. And uh, after that, we began to realize that that was not even close to where we needed to be. We're now up to a committee of about 43. Wow. Um, and there are people that have specific things that they handle uh, in getting prepared for a concert. We have a committee that handles security. We have a committee that handles hospitality. We have a committee that takes care of EMS concerns that we may have. We have a committee that handles transportation. Uh, Which and, is a committee of two now. My wife joined me. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> and, and, and on bigger bands, it, it's five or six. Right. Because, you know, we need, we just have a lot of different moving parts. We've had a big break this year, um, uh, nor, longer than normally, longer than we should have, but Typically, our committee meets on a every two-week basis uh, in the months of December, January. By February, we start meeting weekly. By March, we're meeting at least weekly, if not in between times, with an executive committee that uh, has to make some decisions and sign some contracts and such. So your preparations and stuff, they start January 1, or are you oh, starting no. as soon as the year's over, you've already started? Or yeah, not? pretty much. Um, August, we take uh, the month of August off because by then everybody's burned out. They don't want to hear about anything. They don't care about anything Yeah. Uh, because nobody gets paid. It's all volunteer. Uh, we don't have one person that we don't have an office. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we have a P.O. box, and that, that that's the size of our, of our uh, footprint when it comes to that. But we we do uh, work starting in September and go forward. When is the concerts in the park for our listeners out there? It, they are every Tuesday beginning uh, the first Tuesday of June, and they roll through the months of June and July. We had 10 concerts last year. We will not have that many concerts this year because we last year was special. We had some things going on. Um, it's just like having a road crew that stays here, basically. You you know that's a perfect way to put that. We have <laughs> we have a road crew of about forty five, because every Tuesday we convert a bare concrete stage into a concert venue, and it when we're done, it really does look like a mini concert location, like what you would see if you went to Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, and it, it just cr we create that, and then what's so incredible about it is that when the concert is over by nine thirty ten o'clock. We start tearing down, and by probably 10.30, it's back to normal. We've had 4,000 people in the park, and the trash is gone, and the seats are gone, and the golf carts are gone, and yep. everything's gone, and it's right back to a, a city park. It's amazing to me, too, uh, being a newcomer to this, the quality of the sound at that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who designed that, where the band sets up. And I've sat in many different places, and a lot of times because I got there too late and I had to go to the back or I'm over at the side. Sure. But it didn't matter where I was at. I could hear it very well, and there was whoever ran the sound did a great job every time I was there. Uh, it's just the design of the thing and how it's ran is uh, very professional. Well, I will tell you it was a crapshoot. Because when they built the stage, they never dreamed that we would use it the way we're using it. 
It was just wow. thrown together, and the city got a grant for the stage area from the state of Indiana, and there it was. They went out and said, okay, we're going to put it right here. In, in some ways, that's fantastic. In other ways, it limits what we can do. So, you know, it, it really was just happenstance that they have what they have. I will tell you that three years ago, we went to the city and asked them if they would remove some evergreens. They had created an L-shaped set of uh, evergreens that kind of boxed in the stage. And we needed those evergreens removed so that there was a 180-degree radius that the stage could actually reach 180 degrees. Mm -hmm. And those greens were cutting it off. So we... We had them plant some new trees to replace the ones they removed, and now we have literally almost 200 degrees of ability so that we can have that radius in front of our stage. So speaking of the venue, yeah, the more crowds that come, are there plans in the works to expand it in any way, make it go back farther, go out wider, like you said, taking the trees out, or are you limited to this and you won't be able to expand it anymore? You're talking to a guy that dreams. I'm the guy at our church who went to our pastor and said that God was going to give us a totally different venue, completely different physical location, because I think that someday he will, and allow us to expand beyond our dreams. Mm. I'm that kind of a person. That's good. Um, the potential that we could do, um, we've talked about it, and you know, we have a new, uh, a new mayor uh, in Gas City. And the city controls our venue. <laughs> so um, we have had some very, very limited converse conversation about the possibility of completely blowing up uh, what's there, swinging it around to face south, and building a new stage uh, with more space, a green room, and blowing out all the way to the ball diamond. And if you've been to the venue, you could mentally picture this. It would swing the stage around about probably 45 degrees from where it is right now, and, and it would face south. And it would open up the green space to where we could host 10,000 people. Oh, wow. Now, having said that, where do you park True. 10,000 people? And so... <laughs> <laughs> that that's what really gets to become a challenge is where do people park? How far do they have to walk? How do we manage that kind of a crowd? Uh, because when our, our biggest band last year uh, was there, uh, we probably were pressing the envelope for, with between 7,500 and 8,000 people there. It felt really crowded for the first time. I mean, 38 Special was a big crowd. Mm -hmm. But these guys last year, and I cannot remember the name of the band. Unspoken? No, 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 no. The Sidewalk the, Province? No, it was the guys. Uh, Smash Mouth? Smash Mouth. Yeah. Uh, the people showed up for that concert, and yeah. it felt very crowded. Mm -hmm. And so we know we probably were pushing our, our maximum capacity at that point. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, you know, 7,500 to 8,000 uh, where we are today, that, that I don't know what we would do with too many more than that. What I was going to say earlier is it's not like you, you book this band and they come in, they show up, and you take them to the hotel, and then you just go set up their yeah. stuff, and they put on a concert, and everybody leaves, and everybody's happy. That's right. And this all ties in together, your volunteers, your committees. Yeah. First and foremost, you got to have money. Oh, yeah. You can't have these bands here without money. Right. 
So you're out there uh, pounding the pavement, trying to find sponsors, and then figuring out how you're going to pay the company that actually brings the equipment in, right? the speakers, the drums, yep. everything. Yep. So how do you keep your sanity? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I've seen you in action, and trust me, everybody, you don't want him giving you that side eye. <laughs> I'll be honest, he's not very pleasant to be around when concerts in the park. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and and I have, um, the Lord and I have talked a lot about that because I I need to be um, a good example of how Christ helps you to deal with pressure. Yeah. Uh, The last two years, I have gotten significantly better. Um, I am a super type A person. Okay, not going to tell you, not, not going to lie. My wife will tell you I'm a, a type A person no matter what I'm doing. There are days, and, and one of the biggest challenges we ever had was when 38 Special came. They, they had an attitude. Uh, their manager, their, their road manager had an attitude. Uh, the guy, the band actually came in two days early, and we didn't even know it. Uh, they came in and they were out playing golf. People were, we were getting emails and we were getting notes on our Facebook page that they saw, they saw 38 special. They were at Walnut Creek. They're playing golf. They were rude, blah, blah, blah. We're like, yeah, whatever. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, they get there and the production crew had failed to bring two specific spotlights. Now, my, mind you, this concert starts in bright sun. Mm-hmm. And there were two spotlights that the production crew forgot. And the road manager told us that they would not take the stage without these spotlights. Well, this was about the fourth year that we'd been doing this. Scared the the crap out of me. (laughs) (laughs) I I got physically ill because we were online. We were on the hook for $50,000. Wow. Wow. And these guys weren't going to perform because of a couple of spotlights we ended up getting spotlights they ended up backing away from that the road manager came to me and said look i'm just going to tell you right now uh, the band will perform until this time and if you start shooting off fireworks because it was the fourth of july if you start shooting off fireworks before this time the band will stop singing and they will walk off the stage I mean, wow. that's just how rude these guys were. Wow. Not them, but their manager. Right. So concert gets started. These guys are doing a great job. Sounds fabulous. People are thrilled to death. We're just, you know, huge crowd. And 930 came, and that was their time. They're like, we're done. We're going to, we're walking off the stage. We're going to be done at 930. 930 comes. It's a fabulous day. Weather's perfect. They keep singing. 945, they're still singing. I get a phone call from the gas city fire chief and he's like, we got to start the fireworks. And man, I said, <laughs> you know what? Turn them loose. And boom, they start shooting off fireworks. The lead singer from 38 special looked over his shoulder and he said, this is awesome. We're going to keep singing. <laughs> oh, and the crowd good. just went crazy. And they sang for another 15, 20 minutes while, sh- while the fireworks are going off all <laughs> overhead. And, oh, and I cool. looked at their road manager and I said, you're never going to come back here. You know that, don't you? And he looked at me and said, why? This was great. We want to come back. And I said, it'll be a cold day in hell when you get back into this community. And I turned around and walked him off. I thought, you put us through this absolute rough hell uh, only to tell us that you've had a great time and you want to return. Yeah. 
And I thought, yeah, it goes both ways, dude. You know, be nice, and we'll 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 turn over and give you everything you want if you're nice. <laughs> he just wasn't nice. Wow. Now, Sidewalk Prophets, whole different animal. Oh yeah, totally unbelievable band, unbelievably kind, unbelievably accommodating. Kentucky Headhunters are another one. Go that Kentucky! Will just, yeah, just turn. They they will do anything you ask. Uh, I mean, the guy, you know, give him a couple of cigars and he'll stay for three more hours to play. Wow. That's just that's just how laid back he is. I had a good time hauling him around, by the way. Really? He just chewed on them cigars. <laughs> he didn't smoke it. He chewed on yep. it. Is this the guy from the Headhunters? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. He is quite a character. He called me after the show was over and uh, wanted to know when they would be able to come back. He's just that late. I've got his cell phone number. Oh wow! Cell phone number and my and my contacts. Would love to have them back. Oh my yeah, gosh, they were they, a lot of fun. They, they were, were they were a great live band. It was unbelievable. Well, hold on to your hat. That's all I'm going to say. Great something something big may be happening <laughs> uh, in the next year or two. That's well, just exciting. just for our listeners' benefit, you've had the likes of Dennis Quaid, mm-hmm. Thirty Eight Special. You've had Smash Mouth, Unspoken, Sidewalk Prophets, Lori Morgan, Boston, who I had the pleasure of going and picking up at the airport. Yep. Uh, Terry Sylvester, who, for those of you who don't know, he wrote the song Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress. Mm-hmm. And when I picked him up at the airport, he... Hollies. Yes, the Hollies. Hollies. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> And when I picked him up at the airport, he was drunker than a skunk. <laughs> he, I think you he laugh. Was that, we the laughed the entire time. We laughed the entire time way yeah. home. Yeah, he was hilarious. Yeah, and the guy can't sing. He can't. <laughs> he can't stay in tune to save his life. Right. Yeah. But man, he was fun to be around. Oh yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, well, and 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 Lori Morgan, uh, kind of a, an insider look at what you know. She asked for two things. Uh, she asked for a bottle of vodka, which we typically do not provide alcoholic drinks, and a bottle of uh, jalapeno peppers. She had us pour all the juice off the jalapeno peppers into a glass, and then she supposedly was drinking water on stage, but I don't think it was. It and, wasn't. Uh, probably not. No. And, uh, and she would alternate between the jalapeno pepper juice and the vodka. And she said that it caused her vocal cords to sweat. And I thought, I've never heard that one before. That was completely fresh. It caused me to sweat just watching her drink that stuff. <laughs> that was nasty. Yeah, she's quite a gal. Quite now, you, a gal. You, um, you said about the lights and the panic over the $50,000 lights and this <laughs> yeah. jalapeno story. What are some of the other odd requests that you've had from bands coming in? Well, we have a lot of bands that want vegan food now. Uh, you know, we have to accommodate a lot of requests for vegan food. We've had requests for lots of alcohol, uh, more alcohol than I can imagine. And, mm. and typically we redline that, mm-hmm. uh, we've had specific requests for, uh, different kinds of colors of M&Ms. Really? Uh, yeah. And, and there's always somebody that wants something that is just not something we can even get a hold of. The, the most uh, unique one was, um, I'm trying to remember who it was that asked for it, but they asked for a poster of Farrah Fawcett. 
if you re- can remember yes. the the famous poster that she was that was every in every thirteen year old had one exactly that particular poster was listed on the contract, and I took it to Brett and, and sat down with him and I said Brett I, I'm a little confused over this. I said, how am I supposed to get one of these, first of all, and why do I want to get one? Because we don't really have a green room, per se. Mm -hmm. And he just laughed. He said, that's in the contract to see if you're reading the contract. He said, if you don't mark it out and delete it, redline that particular item out of the contract, he said, then they will expect it to be there, and they, they will try to void the contract if you don't provide that one particular item. Ah. So the uh, point is, always read the contract, and I always read it more than once. Uh, we have to initial every page of the contract so that they're aware of that we've read every page uh, of everything that they're asking for. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. It's mm-hmm. stuff that you know you learn, and thankfully we had someone that held our hand uh, as we learned about some of those things, and that was Brett. Now, um, we've talked about this committee and how many people and uh, what all's involved. How do people get in touch with you that want to volunteer to do this? I know you have sponsors. You're always looking for sponsors. Uh, how do they contact you? What's Who's the contact person, I should say? Well, there are a lot of different ways. Uh, we have a very active Facebook page. Which uh, is? Our Facebook, well... <laughs> Uh, go to Facebook and, and type in Gas City Concerts in the Park. Okay. Um, and that'll get you to our Facebook page. We are nearly 6,000 people follow us on Facebook, which for a small town, that's a huge number. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not, you know, that's that's not insignificant in a community our size. There's probably only five or six pages in Grant County that are as big as, or are bigger than our Facebook page. And most of them are media like the Chronicle, WBAT, WCJC, mm-hmm. uh, Star 106.9. Those those people have got robust Facebook pages and Instagram pages. We just don't have the people to manage that. I mean, it, it's that that's a full-time job for someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can send me an email if they want. Uh, my email is real simple, and I, I respond to it. It's dennis at dennisroach.com. Uh, real simple. Okay. <laughs> if you've got a question or you're interested in, in volunteering or if you'd like to be a sponsor, send me an email. I'll respond to it. Okay. Do you have a Twitter or Instagram account? We have Instagram. Um, I'm Again, I believe it's Gas City Concerts. Uh, the Twitter account, we've not gotten into Twitter. I pretty much have left that to President Trump. And uh, <laughs> 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 he's doing a bang-up job of t- handling twitter isn't he Uh, we're not doing political (laughs) stuff on this podcast (laughs) Uh, we haven't jumped off into the the twitter arena just because we we need somebody to pick up the reins of that and actually run it for us and uh, that's a hard thing to keep up with yeah yeah it can be yeah really can be and and you know a lot of things our demographic when we started our demographic was so heavily slanted towards uh, people that were probably 65 and older. When we took this over, uh, probably 80% of the individuals in the crowd uh, were at least 65 years old or older. This was a, a concert series that just, you know, the older generation, that older generation loved it. 
they were a lot of bands that they were familiar with that they liked and one of the things that we've intentionally done is worked to change our demographic um, I mean, we send out a, a mailer in April that will go into 60,000, 65,000 households across 10 different counties. Wow. Wow. Um, no idea. And so we did that on purpose. It's a marketing tool, for one mm-hmm. thing. Secondly, uh, it has changed our demographic. Uh, now we trend towards a demographic that's probably about uh, average age of about 48. Uh, that's a significant change in demographic compared to where we were when we started. So if somebody wants to be a sponsor, how would they, would they just contact you, your Dennis at Dennis com? They or? can do that. They can uh, go on to our Facebook page and send us an instant message. We respond very quickly. We have a real high rating on how quickly we respond on instant messages. People don't realize the cost that goes into this stuff. Oh, no. You they just have said no $50,000 for yeah. 38 special. Yeah. And it's all from sponsors and it is. donations. Uh, and we, we start out every year with a very small amount of money that's left over. And we spend about 90% of what we bring in. And our average income is about one hundred dollars to $130,000. And we spend uh, all but about eight or 10000 of that uh, at the end of the year. And... Um, we could spend even more. I mean, you know, we could, uh, we, we could bring in band every, any band will come mm-hmm. for the right amount of money. Oh yeah. And so it's not just the, they'll, they'll show up, they're coming for pay and that's all they care about is how much they're going to get paid. If you don't mind when you're talking about everything that has to be done for these bands, mm-hmm. hotels, green room, I just want to give a shout out to Brad from peace and plenty. Oh my gosh. That guy does an amazing job yeah. feeding people. Yes. And he does it. He has a smile on his face the whole time he is there. It's quite obvious that he is in his calling. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Peace and Plenty, if you need a caterer, call Brad at Peace and Plenty. Yep. They are awesome. The food is fantastic. Yep. It really is great. Uh, he does a great job, and he accommodates uh, whatever the artists are asking for, which is amazing to me. I don't know how he does it. I don't either. And still smiles. I mean, you know, one of the things that he's told us about many times uh, is what he did for uh, Dennis Quaid. Dennis was on WGN out of Chicago, one of the super stations in uh, the U.S. Uh, he was on TV with his little dog. And he was talking about his dog, and he was talking about he was going to be, actually, I think he mentioned our concert, uh, that he was coming to Gas City. And so Brad marinated a dog bone just for that dog. And when he got here, (laughs) he gave that to Dennis. And, of course, that that made quite an impression on Dennis Quaid that uh, he had had made this special dog treat for his little pup. It was a little bug. And uh, really, really was really amazing. That's the kind of person that Brad yep, is. It absolutely is. Just an added touch. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people miss that. <laughs> yep. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that's that's part of getting to come to a small town, and I think that's part of the reason why these bands want to come back. I mean, Sidewalk Profits would come back again this year if we asked them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's not something that happens at a lot of venues. They don't enjoy it or they've had a bad experience. But we're so small town that when someone – when one of these bands comes here, they remember what it was like uh, in the small town that they lived in 
and they just kind of relive some of their background right. when they come into a small town like this, and people are just so excited to see Lori Morgan, who hasn't had a hit in 25 years, <laughs> you know? Speaking of 1992. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said you were a vision man, and it's always exciting to talk to a guy with a vision. You don't have to worry about people following somebody if they have a vision. Yeah, The followers show up. What is your vision, being Dennis Roach, what is your vision for this concerts in the park for the next five years? I would love for us to um, find some funding sources that would make it so that we didn't have to live year to year. Nobody enjoys living paycheck to paycheck, and that's basically what we do. And that takes having a presence in the community and for people to look at you and say, you know, we want to make this last longer than uh, my time on this earth. And so we would it, it would be fantastic for us to have community buy-in to the point where it's like, okay, every year we know we're going to have this amazing series. I think that we are going to have to have some sort of a venue upgrade. There's going to have to be something, whether it's blow it apart and redo the whole thing or upgrade the facilities that we have. Uh, there are just some things that we need to be able to make this happen. Uh, we have a lot of people that would like to see us have concerts in May, June, July, and August. I, I don't know that that's ever going to be something we want to do, but I think the ability to spread things out a little bit and maybe do some different things at different times during the year would be fantastic. Um, there's kind of a, a vacuum in Grant County. Not much going on over Memorial Day, really not much going on over Labor Day. Uh, the 4th of July, good grief, we could do some stupid, crazy things uh, <laughs> over that, that holiday yeah. um, and just explode the park if we wanted to. So I don't know. There's just a lot of different ways that we could impact uh, the community um, and help the community be a greater place to bring families, especially uh, in, in Grant County, a place where families can come and have a good time. Well, since you've been in charge of it, you've definitely uh, succeeded in doing that. We have some great partners. I mean, United Way is one of our partners. Uh, United Way of Grant County has been a, a presenting sponsor for the last couple of years, and we're excited this year to welcome another presenting sponsor. Riverside Community Federal Credit Union uh, is going to be joining us as a presenting sponsor, and that that's a big buy-in for uh, a local bank, a local credit union, uh, because you get our promotional material. Presenting sponsors are ten thousand dollars sponsors. They're not. Uh, that's that's not pocket change for most people. Mm -hmm. uh, but to make that kind of commitment, and the folks at Riverside have done that, and that is huge because that gives us flexibility to be able to go after some very exciting uh, major national talent that our community would just love. Are you getting any contact from other cities? Like, how are you doing this? Can you help us now for me having some kind of vision toward just talking to you? I could see where we could be helping other communities start this thing Yeah, for their community. It's a great question. Um, Last year, the mayor of Alexandria and his executive assistant came and had a sit down with me, and and uh, we are pretty much an open book. We, you know, here's what we do, 
here's what you can do. It, you're going to have to have somebody that's a spark plug that uh, that will ignite some interest. You've got to make a decision about what it is that you would like to accomplish with this. And so they're looking at starting a series down in Alexandria. We have to be a little careful because if we shoot ourselves too hard in the foot, yeah. we lose some of our own sponsorship and our own uh, uh, support. But I, I mean, honestly, if I didn't have a full-time job, I could probably make this a full-time job uh, and actually go out in the community and help other communities create this kind of an event because I think that's what's surprising. We're doing what Muncie could easily accomplish. Mm-hmm. And we have people from Muncie that come over all the time. It's like, wow, how are you doing this? We don't have anything like this in Muncie. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, that makes no sense to me. Because <laughs> Muncie's a, a growing community. They, yes, ought to have, they ought to have something like this all the time. They've got great venues all over the place. It takes people committed to be able to come up with it. And we're very fortunate to have some people that are very committed to it. And well, it's not just me. You've become the Brett. Well, uh, I, Brett, I, I need to Brett. lose about a, a, a sixth grader before I become Brett altogether. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> In purpose, you've become yeah. a Brett, I should say. Yeah. Brett, let, he, he dropped the mantle and you picked it up well, and brought it we've here. We've been very fortunate to do a lot of exciting things. That's for sure. It is exciting. It says a lot about you, and it says a lot about the people you've put in charge of the different committees. Yeah. Like we said er, early on, it, it's not just Dennis Roach doing this. You've well, got a committee of around 45 people, right. and everybody has a role, and they know it. They know their role. They do, and it's taken years to get there. I'm going to tell you guys, we're, getting re- we, we're starting a new event uh, that's going to get kicked off on uh, April the 18th of this year. Every year for the last five years, we have had bands from all over the state of Indiana that send us their demo tapes, their DVDs, their uh, people go out to different locations. Sometimes they're in a bar, sometimes they're at a venue that has a warm-up band, and you got to have this band. You need to hear this band. These guys are fabulous. They'd make a great part of your series. Coming back from Indianapolis about three months ago, four months ago, I started thinking about this, and I thought, you know, we need to do something that would provide these bands with an opportunity to get on our season, into our season. So we're going to host something called Quest for the Stage. And uh, Quest for the Stage is going to be a battle of the bands of a sense. There will be a live portion of it, and the top band that is the winner will get a contract for at least $2,000 and will be a part of the 2020 season. That's a great idea. And uh, we will. there'll be two or three bands that we're going to pull out and say, we really like them. They didn't win, but they need to warm up for so-and-so when they're here. They need to warm up for this, this group coming in. And then we've begun to have a conversation with another organization about partnering with them, and we would provide them with Uh, five or six or seven bands that they would use in an event that goes on in Grant County and funnel those people over to those so that we kind of are like a talent agent. But it gives us the opportunity to give bands an opportunity to be on a stage with a big crowd. That's a great idea. Yeah, we're excited about that. That's going to be on the 18th of April, and we think it's a good date. (laughs) We hope it's a good date. We hope (laughs) we have a really good turnout. It's at RJ Basket. 
That's where Terry Sylvester was at. Yes, it was. was. That was the rainout location. Yes, it was. And that was the reason why we don't do rainout locations anymore. That was wretched. The whole thing stunk. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. That is a great idea about the local bands. Yeah. And that could provide a push off for one of them. To oh, yeah. To get into something that they want to do and no avenue to do it. Well, I think and that's a great idea. and we've acquired the the website uh, questforthestage.com and that website is going to be where people will start. So if they've got a band that they want to compete, they're going to send us an entry form and an entry fee and a YouTube video that's uh, probably 2 or 3 minutes long and people are going to vote. And if there's 40 bands that are in, and we're going to whittle it down to 10, and those top 10 bands are going to go to the 18th, and it'll be a live performance. And, and people that attend will actually get a ballot. So if you come and pay the fee to get in for the evening, you'll actually get a ballot, and you're, you'll get a cast of vote for the band that you want to see on our stage. Nice. And so it ought to be a lot of fun. We're hoping it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'd be a great idea to have even a raffle or something to that nature to where you would give away two passes to go backstage. Um, I've been backstage with Lamar before and watched performances from back there. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be neat to have some kind of raffle to raise money where, because not everybody gets that opportunity. Well, that's true. Uh, that's a great idea too. I, I got to remember or, that. You know, <laughs> a, a raffle to, to meet the entertainer. Yeah. You know, something to that effect. Uh, that would be exciting. Sure. I'd buy that raffle. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Raffle to ride with me to the airport, pick oh, up the band. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> pick up the luggage. Yeah, let's carry the luggage. Yeah. Well, before we close out, I think Logan wants to ask you one more question. So you're a cigar aficionado. <laughs> well, enthusiast. Let's enthusiast. go there. Yeah, okay, yeah, enthusiast. yeah. What's your favorite cigar? Uh, by far and away, the Padrones. Uh, the Padron cigars are my favorites. Uh, they've got a series called 1926. It's uh, a fantastic cigar. I love Maduro's. They're a nice, rich uh, cigar. Uh, you can't smoke them on an empty stomach. You got to make sure you have something to eat before you smoke that cigar. A little strong. <laughs> uh, it's it's just it has a nice, robust taste. Uh, usually, you can taste some chocolate in that cigar. Uh, usually you can you get a, a good strong uh, cedar smell uh, if you've got one that has been soaking up some cedar in a humidor for a while but those padrones are my favorites they're not the most expensive there's some really expensive cigars but yes. uh, you know there's it's really not much better other than maybe church uh, <laughs> <laughs> than to get with a bunch of, of friends and and have a good cigar and a maybe a little bit of bourbon so what about Rocky Patels? You like those? I like those. Those are good cigars. They're good. And I uh, actually brought you guys some Olivia's, and they're uh, uh, they're very good cigars. They've been soaking in my humidor for about six months. Uh, oh, wow. So they ought to be just about ready to, to smoke, and, and uh, they'll be enjoyable whenever you get a chance to do that. Now, do you prefer the Torpedoes over the... Uh... No, not really, but that particular cigar, the Torpedo, really has got a, a good flavor. I don't know what they've done to that cigar but that's a good cigar right uh, there oliva 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 yeah series v yeah the series v is really uh and and i'm not anywhere near an an aficionado i enjoy a good cigar and 
uh, I found that you know ten or twelve bucks is typically a good price for for a good cigar. If you go much beneath that, you're going to probably get some garbage. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you'll know in the taste. Yeah, you sure. really will. Yes. That's for certain. We've had the garbage several yeah. times. <laughs> I have too, more than enough. So if, if anybody wants to get a hold of Dennis Roach or volunteer for any concerts in the park, they can go to your Facebook page. Yep. Gas City Concerts in the Park. Yep. Gas City Concerts in the Park will get you onto our Facebook page. And then they can email you at Dennis at DennisRoach.com. Dennis yeah. About as simple as it gets, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's about all I have. Logan I, just shaking his head. Yeah, we appreciate you coming and being with us tonight, Dennis. Great interview. This has been fun. A lot of fun. Uh, we hope to have you back. Well, I appreciate it. I'd, I'd come back and talk. Awesome. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at MailboxOrange and on Instagram at Orange underscore Mailbox. You can also go to our website at www.theorangemailbox.podbean.com and check out all of our episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any comments or show ideas, drop us an email at feedback at theorangemailbox.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.